Hello to all our wedding planning couples. I'm Tara and welcome to the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast. I'm excited to share my creativity and 14 years experience as a professional wedding planner and decorator. And I'm Josh and we're so happy you're joining us for some solid down to earth wedding planning advice that I've accumulated over my 18 years in the industry. We believe that weddings are supposed to be fun and fulfilling, not full of stress and conflict. We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting and coordination services. Visit us at completewedo.com for more information. Are you looking for an LGBT IQA plus friendly vendor for your upcoming wedding event or gathering? We understand the importance of being able to find vendors that honor diversity and inclusivity. In this episode, we discuss finding the perfect ally vendor who can help make your occasion unique and extraordinary. We cover topics like websites with diverse couples, the importance of inclusive language, and looking for year-round allies. Don't miss out on finding the perfect LGBTIQA plus friendly vendor. All right. Hello, wedding planning couples. Our guests today are Rachel and Amber. So thank you for joining us. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having us. Um, I'm Amber. I am um, partial owner of Denizen MKE. Yep. And I'm Rachel and I'm partial owner of Denizen MKE. Um, so Denizen MKE is a 150-person event space located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, we are LGBT and women-owned. Um, and yeah, we're just, we're happy to be here and talk about LGBT couples on Pride Month. Yeah, absolutely. Happy Pride Month to uh, both of you and all of our listeners as well. Um, so the the topic today is um, the importance of being an, an ally vendor and how couples that are planning a wedding can find ally vendors. So um, I, I guess talk a little bit first, what's talk about the importance of ally vendors in the uh, wedding industry, and um, then we can get into how couples can best identify the ally vendors when they're when they're picking their vendors. I mean, I think, I think with any, with any person in the LGBTQ community, it's more about being able to be yourself and kind of finding a safe place and being able to just express what you want to express without being judged. And I think that just finding people even just that you know it's LGBT owned is immediately, immediately a safe space. I think that's super important. Um, and then going on and finding vendors, it's the same thing. It's like, as soon as you see a signifier, you're like, okay, like, this is good. Like I can walk in here, be myself and be okay. Okay. So um, signifiers, when, when you're picking and identifying vendors um talk about the research project process and uh what what signifiers you're looking for i mean it's like it's like any company so it's it's who they support it's their website it's what events they're attending it's the use of pronouns it's pictures it's you know hrc logo um it's it can be anything really 
-hmm. And, you know, even like with restaurants, it's walking in, it's unisex restrooms. Mm -hmm. um, it's just simple things that most people wouldn't realize, but being in the community, you, you pick up on it immediately. Um, that, you know, the average, the average Joe wouldn't, wouldn't see or wouldn't notice. Got it. So, um, yeah, it, as, as somebody that I would say is the average Joe that tries to look for things like this, um, you know, I, I always try to be conscious and that's, that's helpful. Um, you know, pointing out some of the things which, uh, you know, I assumed most of them and, and I'll let Tara speak for, for this as well, but, um, you know, appreciate the uh, validation on, on those points. Would you say that um, if you see some indicators, will you go or should they as a couple want to go a step further and actually having those conversations with the venue owners, with the vendors um, to, you know, get more clarification that again, it's going to be a safe space or do you feel like it is a lot of online research at first and it's kind of like, okay, like I feel comfortable as long as I see that they have done other same sex couples, um, stuff of that nature. How would you say as far as like, do you feel like you go a little bit more in depth with the conversations of the owners and those service providers? Or is it kind of the simple rate, as long as there's some sort of indicator, you move on to the next step of getting a quote? I mean, I I personally think it's it, it's like, as soon as you get that validation, that's that's all you need. And and if I have two, if I have two vendors and one obviously supports LGBT and one, you know, you you're searching and searching, you can't find it, I would go with LGBT. And if it's the same, if it's the same thing, same service being provided. Um, but maybe Amber can speak to maybe Amber can speak to like the inclusivity factor when just speaking to LGBT couples, um, where, where, you know, when you make that approach, it's more about the use of inclusive language. And I think that's important. So there's no conversation really needed past that point, as long as they hit the marks of the online awareness, and then you meet with them and it's like, okay, like this, this person is just, you know, they're just letting me be me and they're using language that I want to hear. And that's that. So it sounds yeah. like the goal is for this to be less of a, less of a process than, than more. So it, it's something that should be obvious when you're doing the research and then the uh, conversation should just be a typical booking services uh, type of conversation. And um, you know, it, it doesn't throw up any, any differences in what you expected? Is that a fair statement? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, so when Rachel and I were looking for vendors for our wedding, it was almost like a mini celebration when we would find a picture online of an LGBT couple. We would have like a little, oh, it's a gay couple. <laughs> Let's call this vendor. Um, because it is, it's just, it's, such a secure feeling knowing they have done an LGBT wedding before and um, they have some experience in that area. We can be ourselves. We don't have to worry about making anyone feel uncomfortable. We don't have to worry about having to deal with awkward questions. They've, they've been there, they've done that. We can just be people and move past it. Got it. 
Um, so I, I have a question about um, the uh, so like the the allies um, networks. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. So the ally networks. So you have the knot. You have Wedding Wire. Uh, there's a there's a group, for example, Rainbow Wedding Network. They're based out of the North Carolina area. Um, did you research in groups like that, or did you go to um, those in addition to the typical knots wedding wires when you were looking? Um, talk a little more about the process of how you started the the research, or did you just look at the local area vendors? Yeah, well, so I feel like with us, because we've been in the Milwaukee wedding industry now for 15 years, both of us, maybe a little longer. We already knew vendors and we've already worked with people. So for us, it was super simple. Um, you know, we knew that we wanted Tall Guy because we, we were familiar with their catering. We knew the venues we wanted. We knew the photographer. Um, I think for couples that are not in our industry, the Knot and Wedding Wire, the Rainbow Network, Married in Milwaukee, those are all great places to go to. But I, I really do feel like um, for any couple, whether you're straight, gay, you should always start with finding your venue first and then, um, or your planner, if you know you want full planning assistance, you got to start either with the venue or the planner because they will start to connect you with vendors they've worked with. And we're also familiar with the, the industry. As large as the Milwaukee wedding industry is, it's really, it's a small, intimate um vendor relationships that we have i know exactly what vendors to direct couples to based on their personality their vision and you know you guys do too you know as you're listening to people talk to you through the touring process um there's vendors that pop in your head you're like wow i know you should go with this caterer they're exactly what you're looking for yeah, got it. Okay. So some of the things that were uh, mentioned before, so um, use of pronouns on the website, having um, any kind of markings, um, note that you're uh, supporting the uh, the causes, things of that nature. Those, those all seem, um, you know, fairly doable from a, from a vendor standpoint. Those are, those are simple things. But when we talk about unisex bathrooms, when you're talking about venues in particular, um, that just might not be possible based on how old the building is. So um, what are, what are the thoughts on working through things like that? Um, you know, good example. There's a lot of bridal suites that are connected to one specific bathroom. Um, how, how do you work through that? And what would be your suggestions to vendors, you know, short of a full remodel? So, uh, so I've worked at the venues that have, uh, a bridal suite, as opposed to a, a wedding suite or just a, a getting ready suite connected to a women's restroom. And I've toured a couples through that venue. Um, and, you know, I think, I think we all understand that you can't change the layout of a building, um, but you, if you address it openly and you offer solutions to it. So what we did with that, um, with that wedding, we put up unisex restroom signs um, over the women's restroom. So we then had a unisex restroom and men's restrooms. But, you, then, you know, we also had the luxury of having four other restrooms in that um, space. I think it's just working through it with the couple, hearing what's important to them and, you know, finding a solution for it. 
Got it. Okay. So just basically, uh, you know, be nimble and be open to thinking outside of the box a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And the unisex restrooms are really important, I think, to our community. That was something that was really important to Rachel with Denizen. And I don't know if you want to talk about what makes that important. Yeah, I mean, we've like getting getting unisex restrooms in Denizen has been a challenge, to say the least. But we have an amazing contractor and architect. And it's just for me personally, it was it was extremely important um because just walking into a restroom you know with I'm I have short hair um sometimes I wear hoodies um you know and all the time she all, wears hoodies all the time, all the time. Like or, else, you know yeah. in my in my profession I have a chef coat on you know and um and I think you know I just present as more masculine and throughout my entire life it's been you know you're in um, and you kind of build up a little thick skin about it and kind of turn it into a joke. Um, but I just don't feel like people should feel like that. Um, and that's, that's the biggest thing. It's like, we want people to just be able to walk in and just be themselves, whoever that is, LGBTQ, trans, anyone, and just, and just be okay in that space and not have that angsty feeling that, oh, like maybe this kid's going to look at me weird because, you know, I look like a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I mean, it's a basic human function. You should be able to, to go to the bathroom. And, um, you know, I think uh, you mentioned kids. So um, you t- talk about the importance of uh, just making good parental decisions and, and teaching kids at a young age to, you know, not think about things like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That is such a big a big question right especially for where we're at right now um and that's such an intimate thing between a parent and a child because everybody has views that they want to pass on to their child um I just think it's it's important as as a parent the way I parent is um to teach openness and acceptance even if we disagree, um, even if that's not our value, you have to respect it. And, um, you know, it'd be great if in the perfect world, we could all agree and just accept each other. But, um, you know, it's, I think it's something that our world is working towards. We get a little bit more accepting every day and hopefully we keep moving in that direction. Yeah. I think like going along that it's, it's, you know, bring, bringing awareness, you know, and, you know, whether, what, whether, what background or views you have, it's, it's becoming more frequent and apparent and more normalized, even in social media and kids shows, you know, like, oh, Jimmy and Jack are just a gay couple and whatever. So, you know, I think media has a lot to do with that, but like, as a parent, it's, it's more of a broader spectrum where it's like, you know, it's about respect, you know, whether it's not your view or it is your viewpoint. And it's about trying not to be judgmental and just making good choices. And I think that's in kindness. And it's just like, and I think that, you know, goes further than the LGBTQ thing. It's just being, just being a good human. 
um, which is really important. For a sticker, be a kind human. Be a kind human. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a foundation. Be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Tara going, has a couple follow-up questions. <laughs> yeah, going back to kind of the, the research um, a couple is doing, do you, you know, often here we get calls from just one of the couple. And so sometimes I find that they lead with we are a same-sex couple and they want to make sure that we, you know, value that and that we can be of service to them. And then other times I feel like they wait till the very end because they either a want to get a connection with us, want to see if, you know, we, you know, bring it up of, of some sorts um, that we are an ally. Do you feel like they should lead with it? Wait till the end. Do you feel like it matters? What are your thoughts on that? So I'm having a different experience now in the past because it's been just me and I'm, I've not been openly saying, Oh, I'm in a, a LGBT relationship. So nobody knows that about me. In past venues that I've worked, people have quite often left it until the end, or I wouldn't even know they were a same-sex couple until they showed up to tour the venue. Um, but now that we're, you know, it's right on our website, we're the owners, it's LGBT owned. People will email me and right away say like, oh, we're so excited. I found you, we're a same-sex couple. They'll, you know, they, they, I can tell that they are really excited to be able to just move forward with the process without having to say I'm a same sex couple, um, or like have that conversation. So it's hard to say, cause it, it does sometimes come with awkward questions or, you know, it, it's hard to say what, what people should be doing. I think you just have to do what makes you comfortable. And again, with the vendors, if you are looking um, to be a part of the LGBT community and you want to um, make sure people feel secure coming to you, just have that presence on your website. That's going to be the main thing. And I think it needs to go beyond just a LGBT chamber logo. It needs to be photos. We need to see that you have experience working with same-sex couples. Got it. Uh, so I think the the next question that, that Tara and I had was um, you mentioned awkward questions and, you know, I'll, I'll kind of put this uh, back on where, you know, Tara and I would be coming from. Um, how, how would you suggest that we get through if, if we say something like bride and groom, you know, how, how do we recover if, if we make that, you know, slip just from habit of what our, our daily life, you know, normally looks like, how do we get past that? I mean, again, I think it goes down to that open communication and it's just like, you know, you know, would you prefer partner or, you know, or something simple like that? It's just as, as an, as an open lesbian woman, like I am used to people slipping up all the time. Like, and it's, and it's simple, like as long as it's acknowledged and it's respected and it's, and you can just move forward and it's, you know, it doesn't even have to be awkward. It's just, oh, you know, my bad. Like, would you prefer that I use partner? Or like, how would you like to be, you know, is it wife and wife, groom and groom, them and them? Um, but it's it's really, it's really just about talking to people. Cause I mean, it's simple as that. Cause we know that people are people and everyone makes mistakes. So basically just ask the question, make sure you note it and, and, and 
be as good as he can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Easy peasy. <Got> <laughs> Yeah, I know that uh, a, a typical thing, uh, just a habit that I've had my entire life, I refer to any group of people as you guys. And uh, that's yeah. something. That's a Midwest thing, though. I'll it, tell you that. Well, it, it is yeah, a Midwest thing. I live on the East Coast, <laughs> and it's weird there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I, uh, I, I've never uh, gotten rid of like all y'all stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think Tara and I are about as uh, Midwest as you can possibly get, both of us being from uh, the middle of nowhere, Kansas. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, Tara, any uh, other questions you have? No, I mean, I think it just sounds like, again, just being open, having that conversation, you know, finding those allies is, is going to be uh, you know, it should be a, as quick and easy as a process as a straight couple would be. Um, vendors that love is love and they want to showcase that, you know, on their website, um, you know, is where the couples need to start. Um, and then having those questions, you know, me as a wedding planner, I think I would prefer that they lead with that. Like, let me know that. So again, like you were saying, I can find you the right vendors and I can, educate my staff on, you know, using those pronouns and stuff. And so um, those couples, you know, be open with your vendors um, in order to find the right ones for you, as well as to make the process and conversations go so much smoother throughout. Um, so you're not, you know, coming to that venue tour and you're like, oh, okay, well, let me change some of these questions or let me, you know, change who I was going yeah. to refer to you, like lead with it so we can be of a better ally to you um, and help you through that process. Yeah, I think so too. Um, for any couples out there that are feeling nervous about, about it, I think, Overall, in the Milwaukee market anyways, um, I can't think of a vendor that's not okay with an LGBT couple. I have never stumbled upon a vendor that has been um, not accepting of it. Everyone's been great. Um, I would say, you know, yeah, lead with it and let everybody know instead of showing up at a, a venue tour and then it is. Um, trying to decide how you are going to handle things as the vendor on the spot can be overwhelming for us as well. Got it. All right. Um, well, before we get out of here, I think I just have one last question. And, and this is just, uh, do you feel like stuff's getting better? For sure. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, has, it, ha it hasn't been... I don't know if bad's the right word, but it, it hasn't, but for the 15 years that I've been in the industry, there has been a ton of growth, but I don't know if it's ever been bad or difficult or hard um, in those 15 years because we made so much progress, what, in the 90s? Mm -hmm. There was so much progress in the 90s um, for the LGBT community. I do get worried right now with the political environment. Are we going backwards? Mm -hmm. um, but today in Milwaukee, I, I think our community is doing really, really well. Yeah, I think it, like spinning off Amber with the political environment, I think people, people tend to rally against that and then it brings more awareness to it, um, which is slightly ironic for the other side. Um, but I think that the more people are just themselves and the more awareness and exposure 
to everyday life or media or whatever, like the better it's going to be. And just having those conversations and being open and honest. And yeah, but I think we're on the right track for sure. Good stuff. Yeah, and I would agree, you know, obviously here in the Midwest, we're slightly different, um, you know, possibly than Milwaukee in our smaller communities, we find that we've gotten some pushback when we've sent potentially even our LBG, you know, D, sorry, LGBT um, staff members, like sometimes we've had to be cautious, like, okay, is that community going to be okay that we've sent a transgender DJ to their, you know, is there any thoughts on that? You guys just made me think of this question as you guys were talking through there. As us as vendors and we employ those, you know, do we feel like we should communicate that with our, you know, other, our clients that are not, that, you know, our straight couples? Do you feel like we should have those conversations with them? I mean, I guess in my theory, and again, going back to that parenting question, you know, I just have this kind of thought, you know, love is love and I'm teaching my children, you know, it, it doesn't matter and just show grace and, you know, whatever they want to do, they do. And whatever you decide to do, you do. And so we kind of had that thought process, even when we're sending out our staff that, okay, should we have had that conversation? Should we just send them and see if they have a problem with it? Um, it's come up twice in the probably three years that we've had, um, you know, those employees on staff that we, you know, after the fact, like, well, we wish you would have said something to us. Um, any thoughts on that? Um, I think that two year, two times in three years is a bad average. <laughs> I think that um, probably being like a more rural area um, or just a different area where there's different values. Um, I think we've, we've all experienced that. Like I've experienced that, but on the flip side, like I've lived in Virginia and Virginia is, you know, in that Bible belt, you know, and I had to adapt to other people's opinions and stuff. And I think it goes the same way. It's like, people are people, they're going to do them. And I don't think it needs to be addressed outright. I think, you know, let people do their jobs. And I would address the concerns afterwards because really, honestly, it's not, it's not much of their business, you know, just like if, if I, you know, had an issue with someone, you know, being religious or something like, but it's, it's not my business. It doesn't, if it's not affecting me, then, then that's that. And it's just exposure. Yeah. And I, that, on might the other be, that might be the only person they've ever met who's trans, which yeah. is, you know what? Good for them. Like get that exposure to them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I, I've had a different experience because um, I'll agree with you guys in the Milwaukee area. I don't think we run into, you know, as, as many issues. And I mean, I have people on my staff that um, go out all the time and they've never had an issue. So, um, you know, some of that is, uh, I mean, I grew up in the area where Tara's from. So this unfortunately doesn't uh, surprise me, but I also know, you know, how sheltered, um, life was growing up. I mean, I, I mentioned from time to time, I think I was a junior in college before I met somebody that was Jewish and it was yeah, because yeah. I went out to Philadelphia where one of my friends went to college. And it's just, uh, you know, that the luxury was I didn't necessarily have to, um, know anything about stereotypes and stuff, but it was just something that kind of clicked one day. I'm like, man, I've, I've never actually been around somebody who was Jewish. So I'm, um, 
stuck with what's on TV, <laughs> you know, yeah, which, is, right. which is a good and bad thing. But, um, but yeah, so I, more than anything, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you feel there's progress. I mean, I, I feel that way, but, um, you know, what I feel doesn't really matter in this situation. So I'm glad that, uh, you know, you guys feel like there's pro and there, I did it again. <laughs> did, did my whole Midwest, you guys. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, so anything else to add before we get out of here? I don't think so. Um, I think we just, it's, it's exciting to be on the podcast and have a little chance to talk about Denizen and some of the things we're doing for the LGBT community at our venue. And, you know, we work with complete, I've worked with complete quite a few times, Josh, here in Milwaukee. So it's just, it's nice to continue our, our relationship and our partnership a little bit. Absolutely. Looking forward to more of that. And uh, for all of our listeners until next time, take care. Cheers and happy wedding planning. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you got some helpful insight as you plan the big day. So until next time, I'm Tara with the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast. And I'm Josh. Please make sure to subscribe to our channel and rate and review us if you like what you hear. We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, and coordination services. Visit completewedo.com for more info. Happy wedding planning!